Welcome to the Devil's Den podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, here with my co-hosts, Shu and Raul. Uh, big weekend for Duke, just fresh off the Michigan State game, so heading to the Sweet 16. Um, pretty tough battle. We're going to talk a little bit about the, the Fullerton matchup, but really we're going to spend most of our time uh, talking about Michigan State and uh, just a little bit of the tournament at large. Um, for me, it's been a really, really good tournament so far. There's been some really good basketball. been some physical basketball. They're officiating just across the board. It's been kind of weird. Um, outside of the St. Peter's beating Kentucky, though, I'm curious kind of what's what y'all's experience been watching the tournament this, this weekend, anything memorable or, or what stood out for you? Yeah, I thought it's been a great tournament overall. I mean, with the exception of wanting UNC to lose, and it hasn't happened yet, but in terms of the actual games, they've been awesome for the most part. I mean, obviously you already mentioned the Kentucky game, which apart from being an upset was just an exciting game. And then you had the UNC Baylor game where the outcome didn't go the way I personally wanted it to, but just to see UNC nearly squander that 25 point lead or whatever it was. And then somehow pull it out in overtime. I thought Baylor had it when it went to overtime, but I didn't think it was going to be close. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to be close. Like I'm, that really shocked. Like right? hats up, you know, credit to Carolina for that. But that was really surprising for me. What about you, Shu? Uh, I think the moment that sticks out to me so far is that um, Tennessee ending, and you see uh, Chandler, you know, balling his eyes out in Juwan Howard's arms. You know, basically, um, it's a tough spot. These guys, you know, he's a freshman. It's the only time he's probably going to play in it, but. You you tell how much do they care and how much they want to they want to win and and keep this thing going and it's a uh, it's a tough way to to end. Yeah, I got to do better on these brackets. I do this every year where I pick the teams that like I think are most acceptable to getting upset, and it seems like it's always a team like Kentucky, like a team that I just could kind of like penciled in almost to the Final Four, or just thought that they were going to be. Yeah, no, I, I definitely didn't think they were. Gonna, I thought I would have picked Duke to lose to a fifteen probably before I would have picked Kentucky. Um, just having the national player of the year, that's got to be one of the worst losses. Like I know Virginia is the 16 over one, but that one's got to be up there um, in terms of just the talent they had having the national player of the year, uh, the size disadvantage and everything else. But I think, yeah, ahead, at least when I was going to say, at least when Duke lost to Lehigh, they had CJ McCollum who turned out to be, you know, kind of borderline all-star player, you know, really experienced team. Um, and that Duke team, it was clear they were vulnerable versus this Kentucky team, which was like, like you said, you know, with having Shebway, I, I I believe on the last pod, I said that gave them such an advantage. And he played great, too. It was their guards mm-hmm. that let them down, really. Um, I actually, speaking of feeling bad for players, Shu, uh, did you see him at the end of the Kentucky game? I ended up feeling really bad for him, too, even though I was kind of glad Shibway. to see Shibway, yeah. Shibway, yeah. yeah. Even though I was kind of glad to see Kentucky lose, it's just always when you start looking at the individual players, your sympathy kind of kicks in no matter what. So, Yeah, and Cal was really defeated in the press conference, too. I don't know if y'all watched that. I always kind of like to revel in, in his tears a little bit, but uh, he was just – he didn't have anything, you know, it, it, it was kind of bad. I know CBS, GP, and them guys were talking about it too. Um, I think for me, just the quality of the game so far, there's been a few blowouts that have, you know, we mentioned Baylor, um, UNC almost really should have probably won both games by about 30. 
but the Creighton Kansas game was like really good. Um, there was another one too. Um, in the first four, you had that Notre Dame game. Yeah, that, double yeah, overtime. Awesome. That was great too. Yeah, yeah. To start it off, uh, you know. So there's been some good. There's been some kind of duds where teams have kind of like that Arkansas game. It was close, but I didn't really care to you know get into that. So in the 50s, 60s, but um, the Michigan overall, State Davidson game. Yeah, yeah. Two. That was a good one too. Um, a lot of good ones, and you know, naturally, Duke's looking like all chalk in our region, right? The the other ones are imploding. Um, the East is just kind of laughable at this point of what's going on over there. But we'll see what happens. You know, I'm happy to happy to keep playing. To me, this is always kind of the measuring stick. Obviously, Final Four is what we really want, and you want the title. But to me, it's like if we can always just survive that first weekend of just madness and just get to the Sweet 16, now we can play ball. Um, and we, we settle in. I'm always way more nervous. I was probably more nervous today playing Michigan State than I'll be the rest of the tournament just because I want to always be in those games. Um, and we finally, finally had the K moment, right? We finally got one done for K. Did not want to see him sit there at 1199. Got 1200, got that out of the way. But we'll, we'll kind of talk about that here in a minute. But so we started out, you know, with with Cal Fullerton. Um, I was really impressed by just how they played. Like I thought I thought we played well and I thought they were just fighting. Like they just didn't want to go away. Um, really happy with kind of the defense. It wasn't great, but it was light years from what we had the tournament in the Carolina game. Too long on here, but Shu, I know you were at the game and there was all kind of stuff going on. So what was that like? Uh, yeah, well, I got there at like six o'clock. Um, the doors, I think, were originally supposed to open at like 540, maybe. Um, I, they had just cleared out the the first session, which was the uh, the last game, Miami and um, USC, which I think ran a little long. So, you know, they had to change over the entire arena, basically, and they didn't open the doors till 630. Um, but that point, the Wi-Fi in the building, um, the signal, like my cell phone was basically a paperweight once I got in. Um, so there was a, a debacle basically of getting people's uh, digital tickets to even be able to pull up and scan in. So essentially I watched the, uh, the first 14 minutes basically of the, uh, the first half from the jumbotron from outside standing in line. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Got to our seat. I think it was 28 to 17 with about six minutes left. And there were some people that didn't even get into halftime. I mean, it was, there why is that not in Charlotte? Why? Why the hell is there? Is that even in Greenville? Like that? What a waste! It was. Uh, yeah, it was pretty unacceptable to to miss half the game, basically. Yeah, and I mean, not to pry, but I'm sure those tickets weren't cheap, right? <laughs> so, well, you know, luckily for Pi and I, um, we had a little Iron Duke hookups, so oh, ours nice. were face value. We didn't. Oh, that's good. You know, we didn't buy them on the secondary market. I had the chance to get a. a Two actually, I was texting with Smitty. They were just going to be like six hundred bucks a piece. So we just decided if I would have paid for those and missed the first fourteen minutes, yeah, uh, livid would be an understatement. So yeah, I would have raised hell at that point, like yeah. try to get half of my money back or something. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, I, I, I'm sure you guys saw it on TV. I mean, my wife was texting me, even though it wasn't coming through because I had no signal. But she was like, "There's nobody there. Where, where's everybody at?" And I'm like, "We're all outside." Well, fortunately, they did a better. <laughs> fortunately, they did a better job tonight. It seems like so. Well, there were there wasn't a session beforehand tonight. So ah. essentially, when the doors open, you know th that's the thing about these pods. 
is there there's uh what four games that go on the you know on the day so there's first two in a session and then they clear everybody out you know clean the bathrooms clean the arena whatever they do restock the concession stands and and then bring everybody in for the next two games so in between that time is why basically they didn't open the doors till later and then the debacle with the wi-fi is what caused everybody from getting in seems like there's got to be some sort of communication system of like we're running way behind letting people in push the game back 20 minutes or something like there's got to be better organization. That's just messed up. Yeah. But then the TV contracts kick in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought the game as a whole was pretty good. Um, Mark was phenomenal, you know, five assists. Um, Mark's really been great all season for the most part, but uh, I, he changed the game. He did what he was supposed to do. They were just outmanned, I thought. Really, all of, most of our guys played really well. Trevor didn't play well. Um, AJ started to show a little bit like he was gonna, like he's gonna kind of get back going. Um, he didn't really, it didn't really kind of pan out all the way. He had ten and six, I believe. So that's that's not bad. Um, you know, Jeremy Dale, we moved the ball really well. I guess I think we had four, four guys with five assists or more: Dale, Roach, Paolo, and Mark. Um, might have had four so either way like we, we got really kind of we're moving the ball around pretty well um but then if, it, if it's all right with you guys let's just jump right into the the game i think everyone wants to talk about pretty fired up still i've watched the second half twice already um so duke michigan state it seems like we always play these guys k and Izzo. um k was 12 and 1 against it used to be that we just kind of dominated i remember the loss in the 2005 sweet 16 when michigan state beat us and then we just were cruising, and then all of a sudden, it seemed like Izzo kind of flipped the script. He had beat us twice in a row. Last year doesn't really count. 2019 hurt, though. Um, so it was, it was good for us to get get the win on this one. But I, I guess we'll kind of take this in, in spurts a little bit. So leading up to the game, what were y'all's – what was going on through y'all's mind? It was a big game, K at 11.99. Were you feeling good about it? Were you nervous? And then where were you when it was 70-65? So, uh, first of all, I'd like to take credit for the win. Um, with 5-10 left, we go down by five points after leading the whole game. I turn the game off and essentially give up. Walk out to my backyard. It's beautiful out. Um, I'm like jogging in place to kind of burn off some energy. Uh, check my phone. We're back within one. I'm like, hmm, maybe I should, maybe I should go back, but I don't want to jinx it. So I just kept checking the score and until we were done. And then I went back and uh, watched it later. But man, what a turnaround. What a turnaround. I think that's all there is to say. It's weird to focus on the last five minutes of the game before getting into the rest of it. But I mean... I didn't want to bury the lead. That's just what's fresh in your mind, right? Like, I mean, because we, we led for the first, you know, essentially 35 minutes of the game. But MSU just kept hitting clutch threes and a few of them were bad defense a few but like some of them were just step backs with like one second on the shot clock step backs with a bigger man in their face and i thought that they had just kept it close enough with that elite three-point shooting that they were going to be able to just you know outlast us because of their depth i don't know that's what i got shoe i mean i woke up you know Anxious but nervous too. So I got out on the golf course early today to just kill some time. Um, but going into the game, you know, Izzo, like Josh said, 
we've typically 12 and one, but we've let him steal the last two. And I just didn't want to see this thing end uh, here in that way. So um, just nervous by that. But, you know, we came out and, and Paulo was strong in the first half, played a really nice first half and um, Mark as well. Uh, but the story for me was Roach, like just carrying us into the second half, essentially. We kind of hit some tough stretches. Uh, he made some big shots some big drives. Um, was confident, shot, shown a lot of verve, a lot of strong face. And, uh, you know, we love to see that. So shout out to Jeremy. Um, big game, huge game from him tonight. Um, and we talked about that. I even said I was texting with you guys, too, about, you know, I think he's the X factor. Like, if he can be the guy, it really just changes things for us. They couldn't keep him out of the lane. And I don't know what's happened, but, like, over the last probably, I, I wish I would have pulled the stats, but I would say probably like five weeks or so, he had that little mini slump in there. His finishing at the rim has been phenomenal. And all year we've talked about just how his in-between game was not good and he wasn't able to like make good decisions and finish at the rim. Some of it, he's got, he's getting a little luck, but that happens when you get in a groove, right? You start to get confident, he gets in there. He's tossing some up that are going in. That three he took and hit like two, three seconds on the shot clock. He just had to put it up. That's nails right and, there. And also, I mean, early in the first half, like Michigan State, they had like four blocks early on. Like it was tough getting around the rim early. So to to have that fortitude to still just keep going at them in the second half, um, uh, yeah, I just love to see it. I thought it was uh, uh, a, a big time performance from the kid. And just collectively as a group, I thought, like, I thought, um, you know, Mark was good again. You you mentioned Paolo. We just mentioned Roach. Dell to me was like, that was vintage Duke out there. Um, I don't know if, if y'all caught it, but at the end of the game, and maybe I'm just kind of like paying more attention to stuff, I haven't seen us play like we were at the end of a game all year, like every huddle, every timeout, every break, like Keels is rallying. He's fired up. Dale's pulling us together. We're all locked in. Um, Dale just wasn't going to lose flat out. He had that pick, went down and got the, got the, well, I think he had a little push off for the foul or whatever. Um, nine for 10 from the stripe down the stretch, just a big time performance all around. So I did want to mention what I thought was like the key moment in the game um you know they say defense wins championships with well, about 215 left in the game is when mark got that block uh, and we were we were down 174 73 and then paulo comes down and kind of just bullies hauser puts it in puts us up one and then we come down uh notre dame or notre dame um they call a timeout and Paulo gets the block out of the timeout. So within the, that 30 second stretch, it's block score. Yeah. Block score. He punked Hauser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Block score, block. And then Roach hits a three on top of that, that big three you're talking about. So in that minute span, just like, I mean, clutch big time. It was 70 to 65. We finished 26. Go ahead, Rob. No, I was going to say, I really thought we played. Just a phenomenal game, really, from start to finish. Uh, there was just some kind of a little lull, just a little lull there in the second half and some bad luck in terms of shooting. Um, but it's weird because I'm, I'm sure Ken Palm is not going to reflect this because we allowed 76 points. But I thought our defense was pretty phenomenal. Like Mark was sensational and Paolo was really good too. Like they weren't getting anything in the lane. 
every time they drive, we'd have two bodies on them. Uh, you know, so that was just really impressive. And I was just going to say, basically everybody that was out there made a clutch play down the stretch. If you think about it, Keels hits that three that ties it up. He hits a couple big free throws too. Uh, more with his, you know, pretty much, did he go perfect down the stretch from the line? I think so. I mean, I know he went nine of 10 overall, but. I know the last four he hit yeah, for yeah. sure. He hit the last four for sure. I know of, um, but yeah, no, we didn't panic. Right. And we've panicked all year. It felt like, like we're just tight and I didn't see that tonight. Um, or we just have like a brain fart moment, right? Like Roach when he had the ball stolen from him under the basket or, you know, one, one of those kind of plays where it's crunch time and we just did something completely stupid for lack of a better word. Yeah. I mean, Paolo knew to call that timeout before we got the inbounds violation yeah. earlier in the year. That might not have happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was good to see some composure. Um, Especially with AJ being out when AJ went down, like, I'm sure you guys are like me. I thought, okay, this is done. Like, and then Keel good... falls on his elbow too. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. who even yeah. cares at this point? <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully AJ will be, okay. I, I would expect him to play. I'm sure, you know, I'm glad we got a week off to, yeah. to get it back. Um, you, you mentioned it. And I think too, just I can't really say enough about Keels. Um, I've been kind of pretty hard on him a little bit. I think oh, do fan the boards have crushed him for the most part. He's been pretty bad, right? Like he his shooting numbers have been he had that stretch where he was kind of awesome coming back from injury. And then it looked like over the last like week or so that the injury's still kind of lingering a little bit. Like he just hasn't quite looked himself. For that kid to come in and step up late, like he wasn't even playing well tonight. Really, right. for about 25, yeah. the first 25 minutes of the game, he wasn't really playing well. He had a few little layups that he was able to get, but he missed several. Um, for him to hit that three, you know, 72 69, we're down. Paolo kind of gets into the lane. Good on Paolo, not forcing it up. Sees Bingham, the sharp blocker, coming over, kicked it to Trev, just nailed it. Um, that That's huge. And then comes back down, gets the free throw, gets to the rim. Had some nice passes there. Um, almost had a huge steal that really pissed me off because we let dude get the ball in the backcourt with six seconds and just walk to the rim. That's unacceptable. But, you know, I'm sure Mark didn't want to foul. But, you know, um, but yeah, so, you know, shout out to Trev for that. Finished, I think, with 12 and four on pretty good splits. Like, that's that's huge for him to come in and be able to give us that, especially once AJ went down. Um, I think that could be hopefully that that kind of translates over the next week and uh, we're getting back to form. But um, really, go ahead. Did you guys, because it's all a blur in my memory, besides what I wrote down from notes, like, was it primarily who was primarily guarding Hauser? Paolo, right? Paolo, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the change from that's what I was going to say. So, the change from Paolo's defense on Hauser versus his defense on Manic. It's like night and day. I mean, Hauser had three points when he went to the line. Uh, you know, it was 68, 65. He hits the two free throws, puts them up, you know, 70 to 65. I don't know if, did he score again? I don't think so. Did he finish with five points maybe? Wasn't a lot. It doesn't even feel like he got a lot of shots up either. He had, yeah, uh, I don't even remember had, him in the game. Yeah, at five points, yeah, one one of five shooting, one of four from three. Right, so we limited him to just five attempts, and one of five is obviously great too. Um, you know, I'll have to go back and rewatch it, but there must have been some great 
denial defense and defense on the catch there. You know, mostly what I remember is like Gabe Brown hitting a bunch of threes and some of their other guys, but Hauser was the guy entering the game that I was most worried about. Yeah, and he I didn't even notice him on the floor for long stretches of time. Like just completely took him out of the game. It's kind of frustrating seeing Max Christie decide to finally show up and play well. That was, of course, you know, he didn't kill us, but it was just got on my nerves. Um, but yeah, I mean, just just a huge win, you know. It's I know we're supposed to be here. We're supposed to make the Sweet 16, but obviously, as Duke fans, we know, and as everybody knows, the tournament is such a crapshoot that you know to be able to get here, especially in that type of game, because it really felt like we haven't won that type of game in a while. Um, we've had some kind of late moments where we've done pretty, but it just seems like I think as a fan base, we had started to just get defeated. And Roll was texting me as it happened in 70-65. And, and I think you hit on it that the most frustrating part was like, we're going to lose this game after playing so well. Like we played, like we deserve, K used, loves to use that. Like we were deserving of winning the whole time. And then some fluky kind of three point shooting was able to kind of keep them in it. But I thought the key, and I said this on the game thread too, um, shout out to Mike Rim. But at half, I was like, you know, I hope that we guard the three, but I really hope we don't overcompensate and give them the rim, you know? And we talked about that on a former pod about the Arizona game in 2011 of, you know, don't don't just give up the rim. Just keep protecting the rim. Make those guys shoot 70% again in the second half to beat us. Um, you know, so hats off to, to Kay for that. I thought he just kind of kept us steady and kept the game plan. We didn't try to just completely switch them, kept it rolling. Um, the ball screen defense was a lot better. We still have a little bit of issues on relocating. Steve was talking about that. That's where Manic kills us is he relocates so well off those screens. Um yeah, there were a couple like pick and pops, I think, that weren't really well defended. And those were where their big men hit a few threes. Um, but other than that, I was really happy with it. Um, because they started, didn't they start 10 of 15 from three? I think, and then they finished like 11 of 20. They're at least not at 14 at one right. time. And they finished like 11 of 22, maybe. But I right. mean, that was a couple of them they just threw up there at the end. They, they really were shooting 55, 60% for most of the game. My point, though, is that like it was right to not go away from our strategy because they hit 10 of their first 15 and then they go one of their last seven. You know, it's just the odds there. You're not going to shoot 75% from three for a whole game. And if you do, well, nobody's beating you. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad I think that that was the right call for obviously now, right? It was the right call. Um, but, you know, I think, again, the big takeaway is it's so refreshing to see a game like that, right? That just 70-65, like I said, we finished 20-6 to six run or whatever it was to to end the game. Um, just huge plays after huge plays. Didn't 12, really play a bench. 12-2 to two as well. So, 20, I think it was 21-7 yeah. to seven and then 12-2 to two at the end, so. Yeah, yeah. Didn't play much of a bench. Saw Bate Jones had a sighting in there. Um, no Joey. Not really a game for Joey. Um, really super physical. Don't know if he would have really um, done super well in that environment. But Theo, he played 10 minutes. And I didn't think he was bad, but he was he was kind of bad. Well, and maybe it's just they were just fluky. But four straight threes got drilled right on Theo. And he kind of closed out, but not like super hard. But And he you know, sent them whatever. to the line twice with like, clear fouls i mean that was after our defense had broken down and somebody got into the lane but 
yeah, I remember coming away from it and thinking, well, Theo didn't play bad, but I was still cringing every time he was in instead of Mark. But I think that's more about Mark. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll be Theo John fan club. He did have a nice like uh, up oh, yeah, and was- under finish. Um, so yeah, that was his two points. I think Gills <laughs> had 12. So we had 14 bench points. Not terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And Theo had some nice offensive rebounds too. Um, I don't know how many he was credited for because one of them might have been tip. The frustrating thing with those was I think none of them resulted in points. So that's kind of also what I was talking about, about some bad luck. I think we had one possession where we had four offensive rebounds and didn't convert. Didn't score. Yeah. yeah. So things like that. Like, and that's what I was worried about going into the second half. I was like, we should be up 15 and we're not. Yeah. Yeah. It should have been. And we were up nine. Yeah. We were up nine twice and just had the chances. Um, but, you know, I'll take it. I'll take it. Survive in advance. Keep, keep going. We get a week of, of practice, a week to prepare. Um, as I'm kind of checking the scores, it looks like Notre Dame uh, is pulling a Michigan State here. Yeah, they're down uh, 55-52 with 46 yeah. seconds. It was 52-49 Notre Dame. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Um, that would have been nice. Maybe they'll maybe they'll pull something. As out, you but. said, we get chalk, right? Yeah, one, two, three, four in the way. That's okay though. That's okay. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want it any other way. Yep. Well, yeah. I mean, I would be okay. I take that, that back. If, I'd love to play an eleven and a yeah ten. I mean, I would be okay with the chalk if certain other teams were getting chalk. Put it that way. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess I guess you could say that UNC's had chalk so far because they will. They'll play the four. Yeah. They'll play the UCLA. four, and they played. They they played the one. Yep. So okay, that's what the, you'd expect. The, but the most vulnerable one. Yep. Their second weekend could be really fortuitous for them you know mm. st peter's makes that run and they're playing a 15 in the in the elite eight um hopefully hopefully ucla can can get it done for them but and, and it's frustrating that we get all chalk in a tournament that's known for madness and our bracket has came so close to like doing that for us like memphis come on man you had it you had it um and you know, yeah and then Notre Dame here, you know, it's there now it's 57 52. So that one's over. Um, yeah. Uh, who was, who was, sorry, who is Gonzaga playing next? Is it Arkansas or? Yeah, Arkansas. All right. So okay. there's the four. Okay. So fingers crossed for that one because Gonzaga has looked susceptible. I mean, yeah. they have not played well. Mm-mm. You know, it took them 30 minutes to put away their 16 seed. You know, it took them almost the entire game to put away Memphis. So I can definitely see Arkansas taking them out. Does anyone know off the top of your head? What's, what's the, uh, what's the site for the, for this? Is it LA? Is it Anaheim? San Francisco. San Fran? Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys know the, one of the guards for our Arkansas, um, the guy by the name of Chris likes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From you Miami. Yeah. 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 Cool. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I figured, yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't. I remember he he didn't really do that well against it, if I remember. Yeah, I feel like he always did it to everybody else, then maybe because I'm hmm. just like, God, I don't want to guard this five foot four, like dude just racing around everywhere. Well, if it makes you feel better, they're an awful offensive team overall. Personally, I kind of doubt. 
I know I just said that Arkansas could maybe upset them, uh, Gonzaga, but I kind of doubt that they have the offense to do it. Like, you got to score to beat Gonzaga. And what was the score of uh, Arkansas's last game? It was like 55 to 48 or something. Yeah, it went, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be tough. St. Mary's was able to hold Gonzaga. They're probably about the only team that's really held them. Um, we just got to keep Timmy from getting 30. I mean, he basically willed them through the second half against Memphis last night. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just fully prepared for, you know, it's going to be all chalk. Um, that's fine. One, two, three, four. I do have a feeling, though, of I got a good feeling about Palo going out west. I think it's going to be similar to to Justice going home to Houston in 15. Um, I think to – and it's not just a, a guess. He's played really, really well. Um, look at his rebounding numbers the last two games and then go back and look at the rebounding numbers the week before. He had, like, two or three games in a row where he had, like, one rebound, two rebounds. He had some man rebounds tonight. Um, yeah, this is Paolo's fourth really good game in a row, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Offensively, at least. So he's got a nice little role going here. Roach as well. Yeah. Mark's playing well. Dell's playing well. Really, we just need to get AJ and Keels going. And yeah. hopefully hopefully that unlocks something for Keels tonight at the end of the game there. You know, it's kind of like, I don't want to compare him to John Shire because Shire was such a better player, but... um. You remember in the 2010 tournament when Shire was on that horrific slump, uh, he did manage to hit that game winner versus Georgia Tech to win the ACC tournament. Mm -hmm. But then he was still on a horrific slump all the way up until the second half of the Purdue game. Yep. And that just really broke him out of it. So, you know, he was on, I had a really bad slump too. It lasted for a while. I remember that. Yeah, it went back. It went back through the whole ACC tournament, probably even before that. Um, well, Maryland beat us, right? The last game yeah. of the regular season to split. And, so I'm sure mm-hmm. it was going on there too. Yeah, and Grievous won ACC Player of the Year over John Shire because of that game. So mm. That's all right. John kind of yep. got he the last on that. Um, so just to cut in real quick, it's official. We're, we're playing Texas Tech Thursday night in San Francisco. Yep. Uh, Let's dance. Yep. Ended on a 10 to 4 run, it looks like. Because it was 52 to, oh, I guess, no, 10 to 1 run. Okay. Even worse. Actually, it looks like it was was 10 0 run. It was 52 49, and now it's 59 52. Yeah. Oh, it says 53. Okay. Never mind. Um, Well, maybe mine's wrong. I don't know. Either way. The point being, though, that they did not close out strong. So, yeah, they definitely pulled uh, Michigan State there. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But uh, to me, that's like, well, if Notre Dame can hold Texas Tech to 59 points, surely we could be okay. Like, if they're really struggling to score that, but I'd, I'd always prefer, and I might eat my words on this, but I'd always, I tend to would rather play the better defensive team than to play the better offensive team. I just think that good offense negates any kind of defense that you play. So I would just take that. Um, and if guys are struggling to score, that makes it even better. Um, so I'll take that for, you know, and we'll, I think Texas tech has nine losses too. They've had, they've had some really good wins though. And they've had some really good wins. They've beat some good teams. Um, first year head coach though, right? Mm-hmm. Cause Chris, Chris Beard left, went to Texas. So first year head coach, um, you know, maybe they're playing for something out there, but, but I'll take it going out West with the, with all chalk. Um, Meanwhile, Miami is also up five on Auburn right now. ACC, man, has 
I, I thought that we would have a lot to prove after kind of being, you know, labeled as a, a and, and granted, look, it was in by our standards, probably still a down year, but I don't think it was terrible by any means. So I, I picked I picked the ACC to do pretty well in this tournament. Well, and it's impossible to tell. Raul said it like in our first or second podcast of when you go to a 20-game ACC. Yep. And Kay talked about it not long ago, too. But these 20 games, we don't have enough in the non-con. So whatever you've decided on the preseason rankings, there's no way to – we can never disprove it, right? Like, was once you get in the conference, you played five or ten or seven or eight, nine, ten games, maybe, and whatever you are, you are. You have no chance to ever get past it. And so, I think some of these other conferences, Big Ten, benefited from just being labeled as like, oh, they're a good conference, and year after yeah, year I mean, they show what, us. The- what was the ACC Big Ten challenge? I mean, I think they only beat us by like a seven to six record this year. So, if we were so bad and the Big Ten was so good, how did that? kind of happen right like you would think right, they would exactly. have crushed us in that challenge i mean hell they took four l's today and we would have won we would have won the challenge too or at least tied it if duke hadn't you know choked away Almost a huge did. lead yeah. right so um yeah. yeah it was one of those things where uh Kay talked about it earlier in the year and you know Kay is always going to be a conference homer but at the same time he talked about how a lot of these teams were either young or they were in transition like obviously with Carolina, you have a new coach. Um, and with a lot of the other teams, you just have a bunch of new players. Like Virginia was pretty young too, I think. And then Duke is obviously always young, but just that it was going to take a while for these ACC teams to find their rhythm. And I think that's what happened there that, you know, we were speculating whether Duke's record was inflated by the ACC, but maybe it was deflated, you know, like, well, and you hit on it. Like, you know, last year, I don't remember what the total number in the transfer portal was, but it was astronomical. Right. So everybody across the board has got new, new pieces coming in. Like, you know, Virginia lost a couple of transfer. I mean, we lost how many transfers did we lose? Carolina lost transfers. Wake Forest is bringing in Alondis Williams. So everybody, you know, normally that's our thing where we're losing four or five guys and bringing in a whole new team and everybody else has that, you know, that continuity. But this year was kind of across the board. Everybody had a new team. That actually made me think of uh, another point I wanted to make, uh, and we can probably wrap it up pretty soon after that. But uh, where the ACC was down was the defense, not the offense. And that actually kind of ties into – looking at our last uh, five games, we've talked about how we've been lit up from three recently, right? Oh, so yeah. I was looking into it. UNC is the 41st uh, best three-point shooting team in the country, 20th offense. Um, Syracuse is the 17th best three-point shooting team in the country, 15th offense. Miami is only 107th in three-point shooting, but their offense is 18th. Virginia Tech is third in the country at three-point shooting. Offense is 17th. And tonight, we play the 16th best shooting team with a 33rd overall offense. So, you know, just this run we've been on of playing these elite shooting teams, I just don't think that's going to happen that often. And, you know, I believe before the run, our three-point defense was like under 30%. We were holding teams to under 30%. And now it's like 31%, you know, just because of this run of getting lit up. But is it all that surprising that we've been lit up when we've been playing 
nothing but elite shooting teams for two weeks. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Citadel, the Citadel hit like 19 on us. Right. Earlier this year. Uh, We've mentioned mentioned it before, but yeah, the three point defense is, it's not just a recent trend. (laughs) And we've, like we've said it all along, even when it was elite, that it was, it's a fluky kind of stat, right? Like sometimes guys can just come in and it's the sample size. It's, it's hard to really kind of predicate that like three point defense is not the same as looking at like rim defense, right. Or like protecting the bat. That's way more quantifiable and way less luck based. Um, Yeah. And our rim defense has been good. So it's like, yeah, you know, and again, what's really hurt us lately was the three point percentage. And it's, I think it's, it really could just be regression because it's surprising when you look at all the elite ACC offenses that we made it through the ACC with that low a three-point percentage allowed. So maybe we're just due for some bad luck and ho- fortunately we survived it. So, And it just happened to coincide with like our three-point shooting kind of falling mm-hmm. back to the mean, right? So like theirs came up, ours comes down, and that puts you in a place that you don't really want to be because we we've been a really good shooting team this year. Um Tonight, we didn't shoot the ball great from three, but we were just attacking the basket um, a lot. So hopefully that would trend back. A lot of that has to do with AJ. You know, if he's four for six or six for 10 and he's doing that, then obviously we're going to be shooting great. Hopefully we can get him back. He looked good tonight in stretches. You know, I thought the defense was was a little bit better. Um, he, he was getting into the lane, attacking. Hopefully the ankle doesn't set him back too much just from a psychological mental standpoint. But um, and, and the, I don't know if it had anything to do with that, but you know, in the first game, the floor was was slick. You know, it was basically sweating. I don't know if that was the case with, with AJ tonight, but, but um, we got lucky that Wendell didn't really get hurt from from that fall he took Friday night twice in the same play, essentially. Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed, but we could be a lot more banged up with Wendell's fall and then Keel's. I, I thought Keel's arm was broken for a second there. I mean, he was like in serious pain. I was like, well, we're going to end the season on a loss, a broken arm, a rolled ankle. Well, we weren't going to win the next game anyway, but no, so now, no. now I, thought he, I thought he broke his wrist for sure. Yeah. I thought it was had to because I saw him plant. And so he, mm-hmm. he kind of like tucked it and hit the elbow. Um, yeah, hopefully, you know, we can kind of rest up, get healthy, head out West and go to take care of business. Um, I, I guess we'll get out of here. We will come back and do a, a Texas tech now preview. We'll talk a little bit about this week's 16 dive into that. Um, also Friday, right before tip, big, big announcement from Jared McCain. We talked a little bit about him. Um, go to the devilston.com. Steve had a great write up right, right before the commitment um, about the process, about what we're getting. Uh, it seems like a really great kid. Uh, I'm already kind of loving what he's going to bring. He is a West Coast kid, so coming over. Um, we're we're not really going to get too much into recruiting probably until after the tournament. I'm just kind of all in right now. Like this is what we recruit for is these games. So I'm I'm all in on that. But uh, once that wraps up, we'll, we'll kind of talk a little bit more about the 23 class as a whole. Get Steve on here to talk a little bit about Jared, what he brings. Um, but in the meantime, you know, we we play play Thursday, Texas Tech, and hopefully we can get it done. You know, we need some verve like Jeremy. I don't, hopefully the guys know what that word means now, maybe. Um, <laughs> if not, just go look at Roach. You know, that'll that'll teach you. And if you need a strong face, go look at Dell at the line. That'll show you that, too. Hopefully that, that translates and we can carry that with us out west. Pack your bags. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm fired up. I'm pumped. Tonight, you know, I thought we were done. So for us to rally, that really kind of just – Boosted me up a little bit. Didn't want to see Carolina get to the Sweet 16 and us not. We all know what the second 
the second game between us kind of historically means. So hopefully we can kind of buck that. Um, I think in 18, it worked in our favor a little bit too. So maybe we can, maybe we can get that back going, but uh, any final words from you all before we jump out of here? Heading back out to Cali. Yep. California love, you know, yep. pack your bags. Let's go. All right, do fans. So uh, we'll, we'll see you probably middle of the week to preview Texas tech and uh, let's dance. Go Duke.